hunkering down with Peter Shorsch now is probably everyone's favorite podcast guest, a legend of Florida politics, John Mac Stepanovich. Mac, how are you? I am well for an old man who could stand to lose some weight. You, uh, you really are like ratings gold. Um, I think like you're still our all time highest. Uh, I'm sorry. You're you were our all time highest rated podcast when we had oh. you on um, with Michelle and I, and so and then whenever you do an op ed for us, it it typically goes viral, and so um, hopefully. We'll see how you and Rick Wilson. We'll see if you can uh, if you can outsell Rick Wilson, who was on uh, last week. Oh, I highly doubt that, but let's try anyway. The last uh, when we had you on with uh, Michelle, um, that was just so um, like I had people who are that you know very well that are in the process. Uh, they were just surprised at how open and honest uh, and forthright you were about your personal life and everything like that. And so that was a good one. Um, this one's coronavirus-centric, so let me just ask, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing actually quite well. I would, I'm, um, <laughs> I think people would find this hard to believe, but I'm a natural introvert who, over the years, trained himself to be an extrovert, so um, um, I may be actually enjoying this. Peter, are you still there? I am. That's okay. All right. So you are a natural, and I've told people this pod's going to be a little rough because I'm not in my studio. You are a uh, natural introvert who trained yourself to be, and then I think we lost you for a second. Yeah, so I trained myself to be an extrovert over the years, obviously, beginning early in my life, and have gotten very used to it, but uh, I don't mind at all being alone with myself, my wife, and my dogs. Uh, I'm actually enjoying it. Yeah, I've said um, repeatedly, other than the uh, economic collapse surrounding us and the severe loss of life, this is kind of an ideal setting for us. And I use those same words. We're I'm a I'm an introverted or what I would I'm an extroverted introvert. Like I'm forced to do some of the things, um, you know, because of the job. But at the end of the day. If I had my druthers, you know, locking, uh, being locked up with Michelle, you know, in the, you know, the short castle with Ella Joyce, you know, that's ideal for us. Um, I mean, that, re- that reminds me of a little meme or a little video I saw where uh, an off-camera um, announcer asked, was asking this guy, "All right, you have two choices: A, be quarantined with your wife and child." He says, "B." Uh, he, said, he says, no, B, really, B. <laughs> but no, I, uh, to me, this is somewhat surreal. I've noted that, said that several times in this journal I've been keeping for years because uh, I watch my television, I talk to people, I read, and I see this disaster unfolding. But in my life, in the bubble in which I live, I don't have a job that I need to be concerned about losing. Uh, I'm not wealthy, but I am financially comfortable. And I don't know anybody who's sick. 
so it's it's kind of a um, a really surreal experience so far. Well, there was an article, and you may have read it, knowing how much you read. There was an article in the New York Times today. We're getting all sorts of uh, cell phones. Cut out again. Are you there? Hey, Mac. Mac, are you there? Yeah. Okay. So we're getting all sorts of cell phone data. Yeah, you're uh, cutting from... out with some frequency. Huh. But, but anyway, let's let's see if we can continue. You can try to edit it, I suppose. Yeah. Um, long story short, the cell phone data is showing us that poor people um, are about a week behind in terms of hunkering down. They got the right. order, they got the order late, and you know the affluent are just basically locked up in their house while the Amazon driver and the Uber delivery guy are um, are still working out there, and so. I don't know. I mean, I, that's why I almost I hate talking about it because it's kind of, you know, the good old fashioned white privilege uh, that we're enjoying a little bit here as, you know, the Amazon, you know, the, it's just one Amazon delivery after another. And yeah. that poor son of a bitch is just now let me ask you a tough question, though. How's your dad? I mean, are, do you have him just? Well, my, my, my brother checks on him by telephone uh, frequently. I haven't seen him in. Um, over two weeks now, uh, I saw him just before they closed the assisted living facility to visitors, you know, other than um, necessary medical personnel. And so I haven't physically seen him in a while. His mind is such that there's not really much point in uh, calling and talking to him on the phone because he wouldn't understand what was going on. But we are assured that he is fine. Um. All right, so let me ask you the questions I ask everybody else. When did coronavirus get real for you? When did you, when did, what did you read or see that said, hey, wait a second, this is going to be uh, a 19, uh, was it 1918 uh, Spanish flu yeah. level? Well, it'll have to go some to get there. I think like 100 million people died in the, yeah. in the, in the Spanish flu. That's but, the ghost. Uh, That's the ghost. It was like three <laughs> weeks ago, Peter, we were over at our place in Destin. For spring break with our uh, a relay of our two daughters and our various children and is spring break here in leon county was going to close you know the volume of news about the uh, coronavirus and its spread was rising and so mary and i came home from destin two weeks ago today and basically haven't left the house since Oh, wow. Uh, what was your best last normal day? What did you do that was, you know, some we're now at this point, like where people, you know, there I, I remember like our mutual friend, Brian Ballard, uh, he said, you know, all he wants to do right now is just go to a restaurant. Uh, so what was the last good normal day you had? Well, again, my situation is certainly a lot different than than Brian's, uh, you know, I like to go to a restaurant occasionally, but I probably haven't had dinner uh, with anybody who wasn't related to me in at least the second degree and who wasn't paying me to eat dinner with them in <laughs> a year or two. Uh, so not, not going out to dinner at restaurants is, again, not a great burden on me. Um, I, you know, like to drop by the office in the morning for a couple of hours. Uh, but I wasn't really 
doing anything of great moment. So not going there, just um, I miss the, the miss the people, but I'm not failing to do something that needs to be done. I always like to go to Publix once a day and steal an olive. Uh, and I haven't done that in two weeks. But that's that's about it. I get up in the morning and I read the papers online. I check the tw- my Twitter feed. I walk my dog for about an hour while I'm listening to a new biography of Churchill. I do Spanish for about an hour. Um, I'm reading, rereading Hugh Thomas's Spanish Civil War. I do that for about an hour. And then um, I'm a sous chef before dinner and a pot walloper after dinner, and I'm fairly content. So, see, we haven't had too many, you know, semi-retired people on the pod yet. So it's like most of the people that we've had on are frantic, um, you know, working moms who are trying to figure out, you know, how the hell they teach their kid while keeping their, you know, um, their, you know, new public relations business up right. and about. Uh, so yeah. I get you. I mean, so coronavirus, it doesn't impact you per se because you're, you know, you're fucking walled off and, you know, life is still pretty good. I am. um, And and again, I will repeat what I said before. It is in that to that extent, it is surreal. Um, I am not personally impacted to uh, any significant, significant degree other than limiting my movement outside the house. I went to the liquor store yesterday to get another bottle of Jameson's and I wore a mask when I was inside. Um, As you know, my wife is making um, masks for friends and we have a daughter who's a nurse at a hospital and she's asked that we, uh, or asked that Mary make masks um, that she can take to them. And so that's, you know, an example, I suppose, of how we have some contact with this. We FaceTime with our grandchildren. And other than that, um, like I said, I'm blessed and spared um, from all of the anxiety that goes with worrying about um, employment and finances and so far spared um, the, the difficulty, the fear of people that I love being ill. I don't know Uh, anybody who's ill. All right. So you did say one thing that throws me for a loop though. You said Jameson's, which as I remember is Catholic whiskey. And I took you as a, as one of Martin Luther's people uh, along the way. So can you clear that? I have been washed in the blood of Christ twice. Once when I was about 11 years old, about 60 years ago. And once in my um, early 40s, about 30 years ago, I'm probably due for another renewal. Um, but I am um, Catholic with a small C, and I do not mind drinking Papist whiskey. <laughs> I learned about all of that being up in New York. You go into you know you go into the wrong bar and you ask for you know you know they you ask for Jamesons and you know bartender will say Bushmills okay and you're like. <laughs> that's, that's Protestant whiskey. We don't drink that. Uh, anyhow, um, all right. Well, you're probably one of the you know better read people. Well, I, I, I want to ask you a couple two things. All right, number sure. one, is there anything you think Trump is doing well? I mean, everybody knows you're 
one of the most fierce never Trumpers in the um, in the country. Um, is there is there anything that you think that his administration has done well so far? I well, I'm I'm not aware of anything. You know, based on my observation and like I said, watching the television and watching the briefings. You know, there there appears to be conflicting stories uh, about how many masks have been sent out, where they came from, who they were sent to. On the one side, when you're listening to the president and his, you know, task force, and then you listen to the governors and mayors on the other side saying, well, we haven't gotten them, we haven't seen them, we need them. Um, I think his message has been muddled, confusing, and therefore very unhelpful. Yesterday, of course, was a prime example where he announces that the CDC has issued a recommendation that everyone wear a mask outside the uh, home. And then in the very next sentence says that, uh, however, it's really voluntary, voluntary, and I'm not going to do it. So, you know, and, and that's I think that's been characteristic of the whole effort so far. He gets on television. He stays there for an hour or two hours like Fidel Castro and fights with reporters and misrepresents facts and um, you know, again, it's like the Jared Kushner appearance the other day that uh, they had to change the FEMA website about <laughs> what the national stockpiles for masks and uh, ventilators were to conform to Jared's misstatement. And, um, you know, so, so the answer to your question is, um, other than I suppose cutting off flights from China, in late January, at about the time that he announced that there were only 15 cases and soon there would be zero, and then subsequently totally screwing up the message about the uh, travel ban relating to uh, Europe, where it's, he, he went off script during the Oval Office appearance and tanked the markets by saying he was going to ban goods, and then everybody rushed home to meet a deadline that didn't exist. Uh, pile up in airports like Chicago where no one was there to meet them or screen them. So to answer your questions, no, I can't think of a single thing. I, um, all right. So go through that. I'm amazed that Jared Kushner, um, makes an appearance like the, the supreme arrogance of him as a human being having really done nothing well, uh, other than the, maybe the criminal justice reform bill. But just screwing up one assignment after another, you would just think that somebody that I know that I couldn't live with myself that way. Like I would I would take my own self out of the game. Um, and then yet he just shows up. Well, Jared, Jared is heavily armored by um, totally unwarranted self-esteem and um, unembarrassed by. Um, Repetitive failures. He's a piece of work. And then you go to the thing with Trump and the the press conferences. I mean, I I do have to give him if I give him credit for anything, it's 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 fucking stamina of this guy. I mean that he can just continue at his age to get up there and like I think he said something the other day. I've got nothing else to do. But he's like I, a, he's like a uh, he's like a um, uh, a digital vampire. All you have to do is turn on camera lights and he's 
He rises, he's right, he rises from his coffin and he's good to go. Yeah. And, and as long as the lights remain on or there's a cheering crowd in the gymnasium somewhere or an arena somewhere, um, he does have amazing stamina. That's why, that's why I use the Fidel Castro, uh, analogy, just get up there and just stream of consciousness talk. It's like listening to somebody read, um, you know, a James Joyce novel. I know we all say these kind of things um, because we think that we would have the courage to do otherwise, and God knows we wouldn't. But when he digs in on one of these reporters, and it's usually a female, it's and it and it's in, when they are black, it's it, it always happens. But when he like goes at uh, who was the last one? Peter Baker was that the yeah. one? He uh, right, Peter Baker at NBC. I don't understand why there isn't more of a confrontation. Like why? It doesn't rise to like if you said like if a person you know it's I think Peter it's it's it is a holdover I don't know how long it'll be held over and, and, and Trump supporters would roll their eyes at the statement I think it's a holdover from the kind of decorum and um, behaviors that reporters who had made it to the White House in 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 the past uh, demonstrated towards the President of the United States. They they weren't provoked in the in the same way that Trump does, and so when I'm sitting there, perhaps you and I know others, and and you want um, one of these women or one of the men to say that's a lie, that is a lie. I sat right here two weeks ago when you said the exact opposite. Uh, they don't do that one because they never, probably never get back in the White House, and that's their jobs. And two, I think that that's not the way they're trained. Whether that will be ch changed over time, um, I don't know. You know, I suppose that Jim Acosta is kind of a bridge to that. He's a little combative in dealing with the president. But and you're calling Trump somebody, a like if somebody were to call you a, you know, when he looks down at Baker and says, you're a disgrace, yes. I, get, I, I stand up and I leave the room. And even if I... I don't think that I'm going to lose my job over that. Well, I think I'd, you know, I'd say I would think that the word disgrace would curdle in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I would, I, I'm not going to call the president a son of a bitch, but I'm definitely, I'm, I'm going to stand up and I'm say, Mr. President, you're wrong and you're out of line. And you walk out of the room. Um, and maybe. But it's all about access. As you, as you know, because you but, work at it really hard, um, they want, they need to be in that room. Nobody's going to pay their White House reporter not to be in the White House. Um, and nobody wants to end up covering. Um, All right. Okay. Let me ask you this then, Mac. I mean, go from the same thing. Like, you know, uh, Rex Tillerson didn't need the money. And, you know, Fauci. I mean, I look at Fauci and I see, I mean, and you know, you're closer to this. I mean, the man is 76 years old. He has accomplished everything he is going to accomplish at this point. Right. Um, what a statement it would be if he at some point said, Mr. President, you're completely wrong and you're misrepresenting this. And he exits left. Yes, that's the last time he speaks. But, you know, Fauci is a good example. I think Fauci is um, is worth talking about. You're right. He is. um at the very top of his profession. He's been at the top of his profession and the top of his game 
for a couple of decades now. And I would submit that he's actually probably doing it almost just right. You will remember that folks have said about others like John Kelly and, and, and people who had good reputations who associated themselves with the Trump administration uh, to their detriment, like Rex Tillerson. Um, Fauci, in his interviews, basically contradicts Trump all the time. Yes. But he does it in such a way that at least thus far, he has not gotten fired. Now, he could be more confrontational about it, but it may be that Fauci believes that were he to leave the stage, that he would do the nation a disservice because he would into would step, having read 25 books about epidemiology. Uh, so it may be that Fauci um, is doing the most he can all America that the president's full of shit and he does it with a fair amount of subtlety but a fair amount of frequency while still doing the best he can to um, help us in a very difficult situation so I've been reading about this for uh oh what you there yeah I'm here can you hear me still Mac Peter? I'm still here Nothing's changed on my end. Yeah, I made, a, I made a big long speech there. I don't know when I when I phased out. No, I had you the whole time. You're good. Okay. Yep. I was listening. Um, I've been following this for three months, and I feel like I feel. I will say this. I feel like you. I probably have read more over the last three months than I have my entire life. Um, <laughs> and I will say, and I I can only say this. You know, and I've 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 lauded you. Listen, yes, I think you got a whole shtick going right now. But I also say to people why you're different, which is you were Michael Jordan at at the at a juncture in your career. There are some people who are acting as if they have won six NBA titles and <laughs> and are writing these columns. You actually did it, and that's why I always come back to you about this stuff. So yeah. when I when I say to you. I feel like right now, I feel as strong as I've ever felt. Like I think our voice is unique, our traffic is strong, et cetera. And I've really been following this very, very closely. And I'll just say this, and it's and it goes to your comments about Fauci. Like I don't think people understand how much the world is going to change here on the next three months. Like, and when we get on the other side of this, this is. You know, I will be telling my grandchildren that this is when the era of whatever uh, started, uh, right. you know, like I don't know that we'll ever not practice social distancing at this point because I don't you know, the idea like we just depend on the idea that there will be a vaccine. Um, well, Peter, and, this may, may this may feed into other trends that have been going on this this whole thing about information silos. Uh, the isolation that goes with basically living uh, through social media as opposed to personal contact. Uh, this social distancing thing in connection with the, the pandemic, when it's over, I don't think that things will be, that they will snap back and be like they were before. And I think that it may combine with other tendencies that were already 
shaping society to produce something very different, very different. Uh, there was an article by Kissinger today, and I'm not, I don't want to, I mean, he's not the end all be all, but at one point he was definitely one of the, the most important thinkers that we had in the world. And, you know, it, it is just going to be a, 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 I don't think we know the damage that's been done to the economy. The statistics can't keep up. Um, you know, I, I think when you get to 15 to 20 percent, I cut it out again. Did I? I think that's yeah, on your not. end. I, I think that. I mean, I'm I'm sitting here listening to you, and suddenly I'll get a message that uh, the connection has been lost. It'll sit there for a minute, and then I'll say something, and you'll respond. So I don't know. Uh, well, you know what? This has actually gone about 10 minutes longer than all, these were supposed to be tight little 15 minuteers. But I, I I enjoy talking with you so much. Give me. Try and dumb yourself down a little bit here for the masses, please. Um, and give us, you know, please don't give us, you know, well, I was just getting done with Marcus Aurelius's, uh, you know, I, yeah. you know, his later works. Um, yeah. I've already gone through the early works and I'm just so bored in, with those. Yeah, in, in Latin. <laughs> in Latin. Translated, they, they, I, I like to read them in Greek just to challenge myself. Um <laughs> Well, they probably were. Was there, did did the they still wrote in Greek then, right? Hold did, on a minute, you're cutting out again. Did the did uh, Marcus Aurelius probably wrote um, in Greek, didn't he? Because he was an educated uh, Roman. You know, I suspect that uh, I don't know the answer to that. I would think that he wrote in Latin. Uh, okay. Now he undoubtedly, I doubt he wrote it himself. I suspect he was dictating it to <laughs> dictating it to a I, Greek, but who knows? Um. Okay, uh, give us a couple of recommendations. What are you doing while you're hunkering down? Anything mass market that you're watching that uh, the rest of us might enjoy? You know what I did? This goes back to, I, I started watching uh, Victoria on, I guess it's Netflix, um, two nights ago. And seasons and I've been binging. I'm a very big fan of Lord Melbourne. And I don't find... Um, I don't find uh, Peel to be uh, too off-putting. So yes, I've been. I'll probably, I'll probably watch three hours more of that tonight. Um, and then, like I say, I uh, I read and I'm messing with Spanish. I clock myself. I set a timer and do in thirty minutes of pounding through the the verb book. So I, I'm not as not a very exciting life, but I find it pretty satisfying. Um, well, to thine own self be true, uh, as Aurelia said, right? Um, is there anything that you've read recently or a biography or something like that that is relevant to the times that we're going through right now? Anything that maybe, I mean, Churchill, it, it, it isn't the same thing, but is there something that sticks out in your mind? Well, I will tell you this, and this is not very optimistic, uh, not very hopeful, but because of the deep, deep divisions within our society uh, that prevents us from not only being able to communicate with each other uh, and compromise, uh, because we just don't even live in the same realities and speak the same language. I started, as I said earlier, rereading Hugh Thomas's tome on the Spanish Civil War um, and it's uh, the whole and I'm not suggesting I'm not being melodramatic I hope 
and suggesting that we are on the edge of civil war. But reading about a real civil war, um, you can see in the distant mist the outlines of the kinds of um, hatred and division that, that we seem to be um, engaging in more and more. And it's, re it's really pretty frightening. It's, it's, that was some savage stuff, buddy. Um, I'm actually reading, uh, because I've gone to Spain now over the last couple of uh, summers, reading about just a, a, a thumbnail about the Spanish Civil War, because, geez, it's only 75, what is it, how many years ago was that, 30? So it, well, it was 36, July 36 is when, when the rebels, you know, Franco and the generals rose. So what was that, uh, 64, 84 years ago? And... And again, I'm just getting into it, but, you know, the disconnect between urban life and the rural conservative life. I mean, it's those same trend lines that yeah. are the only thing, you know, so, Mac, just so you know, they would come for you and I first. I mean, <laughs> you would be they would they would make their way to your house. You would be you would be in the top 1000 of the list. Um the only saving grace that I would have is the maybe front, which was dominated by uh, socialists and anarchists and, and of course, communists. But I mean, when you, when they captured Tallahassee, they literally just shot everybody, um, women, men, anybody who had supported the other side. It was, it was bad. And on that hopeful note, John Max Stepanovich, um, legendary. Well, Peter, I shall see you later, and you need to talk to me about Spain. When this is all over, I may have to go. All right, my friend. You take care. Bye.